everyone. Welcome. This is Zorina, host of Heal and Learn and of the Grow and Learn podcast. Today I'm speaking with beautiful Nicolina Werther, embodiment coach and uh, coach of trauma healing and of you know a large spectrum of possibilities, especially for the creative industries. Hi, Nicolina. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me back. We have a very large topic today, and we're going to be covering. Uh, you know, topics that go through intuition, true sense of self, decision-making, trauma, neuroscience, and beyond neuroscience. Take it step by step. <laughs> uh, so how are you, Nicolina? It's been a while. You're in France now. Exactly. Well, just for a while. Ho I was hoping to improve my French, but because I'm in the middle of nowhere and most people speak English that work here. <laughs> it's still not very good. But anyway, um, actually, yeah, to the topic, because before we just started, we were talking about leadership qualities, isn't it? And yeah. we talk about self-leadership as well, how we lead mm -hmm. ourselves. But even if you think about it in the work context, like everything you just said, intuition, uh, being trauma-informed, neuroscience, you know, sense of self, they're all, they're, they're so important, isn't it? Like they're so important to how we show up for ourselves and for others and how we lead, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, and if we just pick a few, maybe a small thing for today, um, I do think they're very much interlinked. I don't know how you see that. I see them as interlinked, interlinked as well, but we can, you know, peel off a few layers here and there. And in the meantime, guys, if anybody has a question, I'll be also checking the live chat. So you may uh, post your questions or comments and we can answer. But before we start, Nicolina, can you please shortly introduce yourself for everybody that is new on the channel and doesn't know much about try. you? <laughs> I would try and I kind of weave it into what we talk about because that bit I always found ridiculous, difficult to say. I am this or that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and not, not because, you know, I can do the exercises of what are my values? What do I stand right. for? But for me personally, that's why I do embodiment work. It never, ever made sense until I feel it in my body. Because it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, just empty words. It's like some of things someone made up for me. So, and that's something I'm getting better at by where I still feel that's linked to sense of self is this feeling of knowing who you are and what you stand for and communicating that instead of any stupid labels that some people maybe is fine if they only have a rational label for me, it never worked because I need to feel it. Um, so what am I feeling is <laughs> exactly that. I'm kind of obviously passing on what I've learned myself which is a lot of this coming back to your core self feeling yourself at that level acknowledge like knowing yourself sensing yourself it's not even a feeling it's literally a sense and living and acting and doing stuff from there so that's kind of what's important to me and that's kind of also of course what I want try others to help with <laughs> so it was coaching and the healing work um, and I always had and I think similar to use this approach where there's a lot of, oh, is it healing? Is it coaching? Is it doing as a being? For me, it's always been both. So it started maybe more with a being side of things, but then I was introduced to the world of coaching, um, which was much more, okay, do it before you're ready and the feeling is going to follow. And I still argue almost daily <laughs> with my therapist friends or with my healing friends and um, like, no, you need the feeling first. And I personally think, no, we really need to have both. Like we need to grow. We need to challenge ourselves. And we need to increase our awareness of our inner selves to notice why we're doing something, why we're not doing it. Why is it easy? Why is it not easy? Does it feel aligned? Does it not feel aligned? And that's kind of where it all comes back together. 
for me at least. So, and that's kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what's important to me to, to really equip people with that, those inner qualities while we're having outside goals and things that we also want to make happen. But it's not that you go after them and, oh, finally, I feel better about myself. It's like, no, you feel better about yourself and the easier it gets to make all that stuff happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I, I think it um, also has to do with what you like because um, intuition, according to the few studies that I've read about it, is partially um, directing your attention and creating it. So when it comes to embodiment and the feeling of sense of self is like, who do I want to be right now? Or at least I was contemplating on this today because you know how um, when you step in, like when actors step into a role, they completely take on the personality, the sensations, the feelings. And it, sometimes it takes them a while to cut off the image that they've embodied. Um, it's the same principle of um, uh, constellations. You know, people embody a certain person, in order to heal the whole group of people. So we are able to embody different characters depending on what we want to achieve. And the question is, what character do you want to be right now? Absolutely. Um, and, so, uh, and so when I was dressing up today for this talk, I'm like, what character do I want to be right now? You know, some people like me to be or, or comment when I'm more um, artsy looking and then I feel more artsy looking. Um, today I'm very jingly. I'm very, you, you know, you can say with a, you can even say with a tint of poshness, but sometimes I'm like a little girl with light pink, you know, the gentle self comes out. So what do you want to, yeah. it's not only the clothes, of course, this is my association to how I feel and this is how I express myself, but people can have very different expressions of, uh, of their selves. I agree. So, yeah. I absolutely agree. And I, again, for me, that's a coaching side of things where it's not just how does it feel and, you know, what, how is this, what's going on for you inside? But that's for me, the future bit where it's like, and where do we get you? Where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I have a bit of a run, but I, I really, they're brilliant yeah. therapists and healers out there. But when they don't do that and when it's only, only how you feel and what's it doing to you mm -hmm. i always sit there i'm like yeah that's great and i'm sure it's helpful but it's you're not, stuck it's not from an ego point of view that we have to do stuff it's because for me i mean so i on uh, so i mean you know i sometimes use the titles actualization coach for me that's the idea of self-actualization being your best being in your potential whatever you know we want to call it that you use yourself your life this time you have on this planet your resources to do something amazing because it feels fulfilling. It makes you feel good. It helps the world, whatever. But for that, you need exactly what you say, the bit of where are we going? Who do I need to be? And it can change. We're not fit. We know that we're not fixed. We can choose who we want to be and we can change it. But, and I like that example of acting because I did study a bit of acting. And if you want to be a good actor, for me, again, it comes back to embodiment. You don't just say the words or do the clothes. You need to be it fully then it becomes brilliant acting every cell of your body is like we're being that person and we're acting like that and we're going over here isn't it yeah and it's yeah I'm, i mean absolutely right you are about the uh, speaking a bit like yoda but absolutely right you are about the vision <laughs> you need to hold because embodiment needs to hold not only who you are but where you're going it's the vision it's the overall presence is given by this charge that only the vision can give you. I've uh, made some shorts previously on 
uh, on how important vision is and how inspiring this is thinking about Martin Luther King saying, I have a dream. So this is what is drawing people and energy, your forward yeah. direction. Mm-hmm. And again, we need that also, you know, globally. I think it was Barbara Max Hubbard. I don't know when she died, I think. She was this brilliant futurist and, and very, I think she studied consciousness as well. Um, and, and I remember, I think one phrase, hopefully I remember the phrase now, was um, when a culture loses its story, it loses its greatness or something like that. I think that's what she said. And I thought, how brilliant is that? Like, you see what's going on in the world. We'll be having an identity crisis because no one knows anymore who they are, how they relate. You know, a lot of old structures are falling apart. The new ones are just not really defined yet. So everyone's a bit like, who am I? And you don't know where you're going anymore. What we need as humanity, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and people like, especially the people who are into space and other worlds usually agree on that. Like we need to have a new vision, a new identity globally to understand that we're all one, that we can peaceful with each other, <laughs> but to give us a perspective where we're somewhere to move to. That's why sometimes people are like, yeah, once we would find other life in the universe, we would finally understand we're all one species. Now, we might do that, we might not do that. It's not, I don't, that for me personally, it doesn't matter, but it, the bit that I like is, again, having identity, having perspective, isn't it? Because otherwise it's super difficult to understand who you are, what you stand for, if you're just like, what do I like, what do I like, you know, hmm. you're missing the whole bit. Yes, you need to understand your past, but you also need to look to the future. <laughs> well, if you perceive it from the perspective of, um, um, of uh, consciousness, where there's timelessness, uh, by defining your future and what you want to achieve, you're also defining the story of the past and who you are right now, the embodiment you are right now. So you can define it from multiple perspectives. Yes, history, um, if you take it from the vantage point of history, yes, it defines who you are now and it may define your future, but you can also take it the other way around. What is my dream so that I can tell my story and, you know, and also have the embodiment right now? I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why we're seeing some history is being rewritten and for good reason, because I think we realized we want to go somewhere else <laughs> with, with our values and view of people and things like that, isn't it? Um, yeah. And that's kind of taking the ideal and rewriting the history, isn't it? I like I mean, how you weaved in sociology and the, the bigger picture of uh, society in the whole I always do. Um, in, in the whole view of what we're talking about, because you know, the title was something about self. I even yeah. forgot what it was, yeah. consciousness and self. Uh, but, but self cannot be actualized without society, without everybody else. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I really love the fact that you brought sociology and us as a, as a community and not only as a standalone individual. Wow. Yeah. And well, maybe I- it's... A, just to, to pre-announce, it might be too early, but um, there will be a leadership uh, retreat slash uh, summit in June uh, in Bulgaria, on, organized by Grow and Learn. And um, the topic will be the many faces of leadership. So this is what uh, we're going to be talking about. Um, not only the outwardly leadership, but also how you manage yourself or lead yourself from within and how you contribute and um, operate in society and how contribute to community. Yeah. Yeah. Just and that's, a, I mean, even if it's like not for 
uh, you know, an organization, it still applies to you and your family. I mean, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Like how you treat your family is not that different to how you treat a larger group of people, isn't it? I mean, that's why, and I think that's, it is important to always really come back. I mean, a lot of spiritual teachers talk about that when you're like, oh, and I'm feeling enlightened and this and that, and I'm realizing that, yeah, and how are you treating your kids or your wife, <laughs> right? It comes right back down. And, and that's why, again, I find this work is so beautiful, this inner growth work, because it applies to any area. You, you, all your relationships improve and or your self-care or whatever it is you want to work on, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. This reminds me, I think I've quoted it before. I had a talk um, two years ago with a psychologist on uh, family dynamics. We have a talk on the Grow and Learn podcast. You may check it out. Family dynamics uh, and teamwork. And you can see how uh, uh, your trauma or people's trauma shows up in teamwork at work. You may be able to recognize it if you know what's behind it. So, uh, yeah, we, we copy paste patterns on our environments yeah and that's again i think where we're like we talk about sense of self where for me that's become so important because sense of self we know is a thing that is undeveloped if you have i mean i'm always interested in the more childhood or generational trauma if you grew up without having been given the tools to develop a healthy sense of self it's going to show up and it's going to show up in teams as well because it's a culture, but it's often also different people, you know, contributing their state of consciousness. And we all have some form of trauma. We know that now, <laughs> even if you come from the you know, most loving family, you might have inherited trauma or it's cultural or whatever. Um, that's why are I you get... Talk... No, that's Sorry, why... Are you talking from a, psycho a psychology perspective or um, um, like spiritual, esoteric perspective? Uh, I'm trying to be unusually as scientific as I can. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I sometimes don't use spiritual terms. And I think they're quite close these days anyway, isn't it? I mean, there's not that much difference anymore. In my opinion, science is going to develop more into the, the science of consciousness, which is uh, actually what we now call spirituality. But, but I, I'm just asking for, because my question that I have in my mind is, do you believe that with the tools, let's say psychologists have now, or current science has now, um, are we able with these tools to eradicate childhood trauma completely? Or is it something that constantly plays out throughout your life? What plays constantly out? The, tr the childhood uh, trauma. I think you can. Obviously, it's not as in it never happened. It leaves scars. But the more you heal them, of course, the less you pass them on. And then the next generation can do their own healing work and they will evolve even further, isn't it? And so it becomes less and less of an issue, in my opinion, like from what I'm seeing. But I think we're still learning as a society about what's possible. But it's clear that the awareness is rising and then more and more people realize what, why they are the way they are or what was missing or didn't go well and how they can now change things. But you know, most of us will never be this whole idea of fully healed. There's always something, isn't it? But it becomes more and more nuanced. And not to forget the fact that right now, for most of us at least, there's no war or other problems. So we can do that work. If you're just under constant threat, like our grandparents maybe had or other people have right now, um, then you can't do that work because you just don't have the head and the time, you're just occupied with other things, isn't it? So it always depends also 
again, culturally, like historically, where you are, like how far can we go? So who knows what happens in a few years? If we can, I hope we can delve deeper into it. We come this far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, but not if never, we're oh. constantly bombarded uh, as, with threats as a society in the past years. You can't really. Yeah, but it's a different. Reach, I mean, yeah, well, it's it's the. You know, if, if you look at the old Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the, the basic need is not met, safety. So if, if, if safety is a concern, be it health or uh, physical safety, um, then, you know, it, it's hard to, to just climb up and self-actualize and be aware of yourself. Yeah. Not that it's impossible. Yeah, exactly. But the point, like, if for me personally, like, what I've seen, like, there wasn't that much threat the last couple of years. It was perceived threat. Yeah. Physically, most of us, we were actually safe. And that's that's a bit where I think more and more people are realizing, oh, it's, it's if I don't feel safe, it might actually already have I not felt safe, like, for most of my life because of something that happened much, much earlier. And it's yeah. just going to be reactivated because of circumstances triggering it. and the more aware you become you can of course that's the whole point the more you grow the more you can deal with stress isn't it mm-hmm. so but of course it, you know depending on what happens it can be very upsetting so i'm not i don't want to negate that or if anyone had you know acute problems that's still real and you have to work with it but then you come out stronger as the other side isn't it <laughs> i don't like all these phrases but in a way they describe quite well what it is isn't it you come out more resourced so you can deal with more afterwards. Okay. <laughs> so um, we, we've kind of covered a little bit about trauma. We know, of course, we are glazing through the, the topics. We're taking some pills here and there, but... Um, what, what, what about your opinion? Like how, because I know you look from a consciousness angle on things, but what's your opinion on the question of the science enough to heal it or transform it what would you say we are need i think uh, it is able to rewrite everything that is recorded because it's not only recorded as neurons it's also recorded as um, energy magnetism in the in the conscious field so we are able to rewrite it if we work with this field um currently the science of uh consciousness reaches only here and there the lower level of neuroscience that people think is state of the art now it's it's very fashionable to talk about neuroscience in a way but it's not um, the ultimate thing Um, I'll just give you an example of a study that was recently done recently like eight years ago but it's still not 30 years ago like the researches of Jose Silva but about eight years ago, there was a study done in a Southern Business School by, a, by an organizational professor, Thomas Mack. Um, and what they did is they wired um, with uh, ECGs, ECGs, I always forget, yeah, electrocardiograms, oh, the, the thing that, uh, that measures the brain waves. So they wired a few uh, MBA students and they asked them to sit together and uh, work as a team and solve certain problems. And what they saw was that, you know, like this was a re- repeated experiment with different groups. And the ones who had more brain coherence, which means left and right, left and right brain were working simultaneously. So they were able to use the creative capacities of the brain. 
they uh, experienced uh, more emotional um, connected in, in emotional intelligence, connectedness with the rest, more. Um, uh, so they were they were able to integrate themselves better socially, and their results were better. So it it um, the, you know this is still a novice study in the field of psychology, but it it's still on the level of working of the neurons. It's still on a bodily level. It doesn't go further as to tell you what happens to the uh, all the particles that are studied separately in. Um, in quantum physics, so what happens with the magnetism that we all uh, exude, what happens to you know, this whole field. And when we create images, we record them with our magnetism, which is actually generated by our feelings. This is what I know and what I've deduced from different studies, but of course it's not been tested and there are no public studies telling you this is what you're actually doing out there. But nobody's, um, studying this, but let's say these people have a vision. They record this vision with their feelings because they really want it. And because they're so well connected, they have this brain coherence on a physical level, they plug in all the other participants to this idea, to this vision that they have, and it's charging the other people. It's making them more excited. It's called inspiration. And we can, you know, there is no uh, physical or like a, an explanation in physics about what inspiration really is. How does it translate as a bodily? Um, I mean, what happens to the body? Yes, you can take it from a, bio, a biology standpoint. You know, you get more endorphins and you get more excited and you're more energized. But but why? How does it really happen? Uh, we don't really need to know all of these things, but just to think about them is already useful, mm. right? To think about what we are actually doing. It's not just the brain. We are connected in a different way. Um, and so I was going somewhere with this point. Uh, what was your question? No, just if you think like science can, it's enough to uh, heal trauma. That was your original question. There, uh, yes, so... Science alone, yeah, this is why I was going in this direction. Science alone, no. But if you're using this capability that we have, which I've, I was also training with uh, some techniques from the silver method, but I developed my own method called the heal and learn method. So science alone will not help you with the neuro, neuroscience won't help you, which is the state of the art psychology now, you know, tap and do all these things. But re-recording the information in this field, because this information is contained in the field, this will eradicate trauma completely. Um, and yes, you may, something else may come up because otherwise you won't, there won't be movement maybe. Maybe you will be facing other challenges, but they won't be of the same sort and maybe they will be smaller. But yes, I believe you can eradicate trauma, but it has to be eradicated from the source. As long as there is uh, an entity like a magnetic, information field out there that is feeding this trauma, you will still be subjected to it. Uh, yeah, I have a different perspective on that one, but interesting. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, please. No, just because I look at it more on the biological level that I find yeah. as long as your body can release it, it doesn't really affect you anymore. Maybe you can release it directly from the body and because there's of course a, a link body energy. So maybe, yeah, I'm not saying 
you're not able to do it through the body. You understand? But what happens is that this has to be released, this magnetic energy. How do you do it through the body, though? I mean, my approach is a little bit spiritually influenced, even though I, I honestly try to use it as little as possible, um, because I do like to heal through source in a way that's connect you through the strongest, purest energy form there is, because I just think it's a great resource to have. I know other people do it differently. I do find that the moment you connect to that, that's still stuck, frozen, whatever it might be, and you get your body to the state of relaxing, letting it go, it's usually a quite compassionate process, isn't it? Um, it again, it's, you have to ask your body if your body feels like, okay, let's, whatever your body needs to do. Sometimes it needs to shake, sometimes it needs to relax. <laughs> it needs to just shine an energy in whatever it wants to do. Um, usually that's enough. Then you can, of course, continue and be like, okay, do you want more information, alternative information to settle into your body? I don't think it always needs to be. It's like, for me, it's literally the moment the body relaxes around this thing that's I find is <laughs> sounds very simple but it is very often enough for someone to not be affected by this particular thing anymore um and then it unravels a lot more in the process afterwards um let me think if I had another example yeah I think most of the time that's pretty much enough of course you you're right in that you get different images or you get different you know, ideas and something coming in. Um, I find that in a way it's an, well, it happens at the same time, but it's an after effect. So like the, the key bit for me really is getting it out of yourselves. And then, yeah, your consciousness possibly adjusts to whatever reality it wants to have instead afterwards. But I don't, personally, I don't even find I need to. Sometimes I facilitate, help someone facilitate that, but often it happens by itself. Just you, you naturally get the different ideas and vision because you're not having all your energy stuck in your body anymore. But it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I can look at things differently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can see how this works. If you understand what you're doing, if you make the association of this is what I'm doing, you disconnect from this uh, program in a way. So um, but it's not yeah. like not all trauma is known. You know, sometimes you just notice there's something really tight and stuck in my body. You don't have to know what the trauma is. You just need to realize, have that opening in your body for the life force to flow through. That's the spiritual aspect. <laughs> I think most like natural blueprint of health, call it whatever you want, but there is a free, for me, it's warm, light energy that's healthy. And you know if it's there or if it's not there, mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's, I'm sure there's more to it, but in, in a nutshell, for me, that's some key bit. <laughs> what I mean is that your intention and your belief, not about what you're doing exactly, even if you don't know what you're doing, that you're disconnecting from certain trauma, but your belief that you are releasing something that is keeping you blocked by doing something in your body. This is also uh, working because it's your intention. It's the belief and, and the intention that actually works. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing. We could look at it from different angles. And I do, yeah. I mean, there are definitely different ways of doing it. Um, yeah. you, right, you could, I mean, some people do it just with visions. It works as well. Like doing it just with changing imagery or information. Yeah. I you guess that's a, a mm -hmm. preference then. <laughs> yeah, you, you can really look at it and work with it 
from various perspectives. You can yeah, work with the body, work with the field, work with rituals or whatever you believe is actually doing the thing for you. You can journal. There are so many tools, but they're just tools. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's facilitating some form of a change, isn't it? And I guess it's personality. And it's, again, we could go into it, what you're used to as well. Why, why your preference? Why are you inspired to use this particular modality? <laughs> so next, next webinar. Right. That's more of a, psycho, a psychology uh, direction, or maybe not really. Well, <laughs> Let's not give it a definition. Rather, <laughs> you don't like definitions so much. I understand. I understand. It depends. It's just it's just that very often things are not straightforward, isn't it? It's true. I, I mean, I wish it would be as easy as saying it's black and white, but most of the time it just isn't. And that's the thing. Even with healing, we can go from a spiritual perspective. And then you will still use some psychology tools, or you can go all neuroscience, spiritual, uh, psychology, psychological on something, and you possibly sooner or later find yourself and oh, let's bring in this information just from here, yeah. <laughs> and it's not very scientific at all anymore, <laughs> right? So, I guess that's where we are at <laughs> in our more or less evolved states. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. It's all what we believe. If we believe that we're in an evolved state, yes. I mean, it's all, always the embodiment that we have right now. And uh, by this, we're closing the loop for today. Or unless you want to add something, Nicolina, but I think we already touched on quite a few topics. Um, if you want, yeah. uh, I can give you my... I, it's more the embodied state, the list for regulating your emotions that I have. And then you can link that for people who want the body approach. <laughs> can you can put one for the um, more spiritual approach as well? Of course. Is this a recorded webinar or what? Is no, it? it's just it's just like a checklist where, like, if you if you know if you're feeling out of flow or some things are not going well, um, you feel like you're stuck in something. Like, what can you do physically to get Aha, yourself back beautiful. into a state where you feel like okay, I'm able to decide what I want to do and I'm not taken over by my emotions or the lack of feeling. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. I will link it below. And if anybody wants to get one one-to-one -one coaching with you, they can go to nicolinaverter.com. You also yeah, or, or heal and learn a, as well, isn't it? Or heal and learn as well. Yeah. yeah. You're also listed on Heal and Learn. So um, you also have a podcast. What is your podcast called? No, it's not. That's not happening at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, stay on the Grow and Learn podcast. In this case, <laughs> Nicolina will be here. <laughs> thank you so much. It was a pleasure as always. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for watching.